0: What we got here is a failure to communicate. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell, a
1: double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Happy Thanksgiving, turkey leftovers weekend. weekend. And we hope you're enjoying it. We are glad to be here with you once again. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together we are Mance and Mitchell in your years for the hour. Ably assisted as always on a Saturday by our buddy Nathan Miller. Tall guy Nathan at the board. How are you today, Nathan? Good morning, Gary and Suzanne. And for breakfast, turkey omelet. For lunch, turkey sandwich. For dinner, turkey soup. Lots of turkey to go around. You have the same menu as our household. That's
2: correct. (laughs) I have not yet made the soup, but we did have brunch with turkey salad sandwiches today. So yeah, that's only the second time for turkey. We didn't have it yesterday. So there you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, we had some Cuban style meatloaf sandwiches on the road because Suzanne and me and our dear friend, Kenny... Went to the Lightning game. And who were the Tampa Bay Lightning playing? But your Seattle Seattle Kraken. And I'm glad we didn't make any bets last week because I would have lost. Yes, they lost three to nothing to the Lightning two-time. I mean, they're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. I was going to say that. They traveled far to play the best. And did not turn out well for the Kraken. But let's keep in mind, this is their inaugural year. These are the expansion blues. Not everybody's going to be the, like the Las Vegas NHL team, the Golden Knights, that stunned everybody by going to the Stanley Cup finals in their first year. That's just unheard of. That's unprecedented. And, you know, you can dream, but it was hardly likely that was going to be duplicated with the next expansion team. I'll tell you what, Nathan, before we get on to introducing our wonderful guest of the hour, we can't wait to talk to her. It's been too long. But I did want to say to you, Nathan, that uh, looking at them after that first game, their inaugural game where they uh, struggled with the Pittsburgh Penguins, another fine team there, and came on strong in the third period. They really showed me something. haven't seen that spark, that intensity yet. They are trying to be a finesse team. They're not a very physical team. They don't hit people. So they're trying to play with finesse. The only thing they lack is the finesse. (laughs) So (laughs) they're going to have, they need to get somebody there who's going to be a major catalyst, somebody who's going to kick butt, take names, and be the true leader of that team unquestionably. Every team needs at least one of that type of player, and I don't think Seattle is there yet.
2: And when you have such high hopes for a team, a 6-13 and record
1: as we speak right now isn't really what you want to see.
2: You know, I said after the game, despite the 3-0 loss, I thought they played really well. They did not embarrass themselves. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. I think they only had... uh one penalty for power play. They actually played well. So I, I want to stick up for this Seattle team and wish them continued luck in the future.
1: And it was a pleasure. Many people flew down from Seattle. Oh, yeah.
2: We met all kinds of Seattle people wearing the Kraken shirts.
1: And they were a small contingent of them even cried out,
2: let's, let's go, go
1: Kraken. And they were drowned out by the lightning fans, <laughs> but they were there.
2: Yeah, And
1: really it was are. a it was pleasure good. to see them. A very enjoyable evening, all things considered. Can't wait for next year when they make a return visit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, know. when you start like this, it, it's all uphill from
1: here, right? Well, that's right. They got one direction to go, and I think they will improve. I'm sure there's a commitment, especially when you have such a civic commitment from the town, the region that waited so long to have an NHL franchise, and now they do. So their day will come. We were talking about it
2: for years, living in Seattle. I spent 20 years. NHL team.
1: What's going on here? How can you not have an NHL franchise in Seattle? People got sick of hearing that from me, but finally they do.
2: Yep. Yeah. Wish them the best.
1: And we are here with one of the best at what she does. People of our acquaintance there, we've gotten to know so many metaphysics people, uh, psychic mediums, people who work with tools of divination, all of that. And in Cass Huff, you have... A woman who is versatile, who is deeply insightful, and who has helped countless people through the gifts that she offers, including today. She's going to be taking some calls. Wait for the numbers when Suzanne gives them out. But in the meantime, mad props for
2: Cass Huff. Among her many abilities, Cass Huff's strongest ability is the gift of mediumship. She is clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, clairgustant, able to remote view. And as an empath, she is able to read energy in both living and deceased people, places and animals. She is a psychic coach using her intuitive ability as well as her personal experience to help people in life, business, health and romance. Her book, Becoming from the Light, details her paranormal experiences that go way back to her childhood and includes prayers and techniques for you to develop your own abilities. Her website is casshuff.com. We'll make sure to give that out once again at the bottom of the hour break, but welcome once again to Manson Mitchell, Huff. Good to have you on today.
3: Thank you so much, Suzanne and Gary, and happy Thanksgiving to you and everyone listening. Thank you for having me back.
1: I'm delighted, Cass. And I just want to get, the, get this off my chest right at the outset. When I look at you, you know our listeners can't see us, but I am looking at you. You have an evergreen quality. So the luscious youthfulness in your face. And yet I understand that you are a grandmother.
3: Yes. Yes, You're I am. expecting another.
1: See, wow. when I hear that and I look at you, I think there must be something wrong at the Department of Vital Statistics. He looks something.
3: like
2: a kid. You,
1: you always have this youthful <laughs> expression. I mean, in this creamy complexion, Puget Sound done you well, and then you packed it up. You you said, "Hey, I'm taking my act on the road," and now you live in the yeah. tiny quaint town of Quincy, Washington.
3: That's correct. I just moved over here last May, and I moved. A- seven minutes away from my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter packed up and came with me and uh so i've got one granddaughter over here and um i've got a grandson on the way and i also have a five-year-old grandson in olympia washington and a, a step uh i don't know how you say it step granddaughter in um Auburn, Washington. So I'll be back and forth quite a bit. I'm very busy. And it's uh, the most beautiful, uh, amazing experience to be a grandma. I think it's the best thing in the world.
2: I was reading earlier on your website about how you felt like you had lived in two places growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, well, then this can't be very unusual for Cass to make another move out of the Tacoma area and go to Eastern Washington. But what has that transition been like for you?
3: Well, honestly, Suzanne, this is probably um, close to the busiest year of, uh, that I've ever had. So I've been extremely busy. And so working to make time to get to know my new community and uh, I, I'm starting to do that and getting out and uh, been over to Lake Chelan and just taking time to explore this beautiful area at the Columbia River and get to meet the metaphysical physical community over here. And so far, I've had nothing but amazing experiences. And I feel like it's creator just confirming I'm in the right place.
2: I like that confirming you're in the right place. Yes, I guess that would have been one of my considerations, considering how Western Washington is so metaphysical Mm -hmm. is, you know, would you find that in Eastern Washington as well, but I guess you found it and it found you.
3: Well, I am actually in a baby town. Um, so the town of Quincy uh, its first settler was in the year 1900 and it uh, came over because they started the Pacific Northwest Railway in 1892 so this is a baby town and um, in uh, 1930 between 1930 and 1940 there was an agricultural um, they brought in the dam and they brought in agriculture so this is a, it feels like a I'm in a brand new, you know, energetically, it's very young, and I can feel that. Mm. So why not grow here?
2: Yeah, Yeah. I like that. And you have young grandchildren. So uh, it's a nice connection between you and the youth. Yes.
3: Sounds like a good place
1: to raise kids.
3: I also grew up in a small town during the summers in Alaska. And so uh, to be in such a small homey town, um, it's very wonderful and uh, definitely wonderful for the kids here. There's a parade about every couple months and a beautiful uh, dance community for the young children and theater community here. And it's just um, wonderful.
2: I know a lot of people in Puget Sound are very familiar with you because of the work that you were doing in Tacoma for so many years um again looking at your bio and realizing how early in life this started for you when we talk to psychic mediums some person will you know have an awakening an experience a near death experience something will occur and it happens at various times in their lives 20s 30s 40s 50s and it was interesting to me that you from a very early age were aware of um, voices and people who were not of this world. And so I thought maybe you would just say a little bit about some of your early experiences that brought you to where you are now.
3: Well, I'm really blessed with that uh, memory because of so many people that call me who are awakening and they're seeing things and experiencing things and I can just tell them, well, I remember when I was about, you know, before I was five, my earliest memory was I didn't want to be, I was a little insecure child, I didn't like to, I saw shadows and um, so the, you know, coming into my youth i was also extremely grounded in the catholic faith and um, super grateful for that i think i went to church six days a week so i think that that spiritual alignment for me early on is incredibly powerful and it still walks with me today um i was 10 when i started hearing uh, when i became aware i put two and two together of the spirits that i was hearing um And somebody said, oh, you know, those people you're hearing, that's grandma and grandpa, are they still arguing, you know, and so I became like connected to, oh, those are actual, you know, you just kind of shy up or you don't want to hear those things. A lot of people call me and say, I don't want to hear that stuff. That stuff feels like, you know, taboo. We don't want to know it. We shut it down well i did throughout my youth shut my gift down over and over um not having enough tools not having enough spiritual knowledge um to understand what was happening to me but creator put the people right in my life including when i was uh, 13 i took psychology in high school and my psychology teacher asked me i, I went up after after class and i said you know i'm hearing things and my schizophrenic and he said um, he said some things to me and then he said, you know, um, it really sounds like you're talking to angels and you're gifted, you know? And so he, he set me straight right then and there. And I, you know, we had a kid in, in high school who actually had schizophrenia and got locked up in in a mental institution. So it was really, really like nerve wracking for me to have this gift early on. I was really nervous about it being very spiritual and taught spiritually to like ignore certain things and and to stay in prayer. And so it took me a long time to understand how those um how you know the fact that it's actually in my opinion, it's not related to a religion. It's like somebody wakes up and can play the piano and they're gifted. I've always had this gift. I can't explain it. I don't know how it works. Um truly, it's just something that happens for me. The more I try to explain it, the worse it is. So I just be me and the more I allow myself to be me. Um the more Uh, connection I have and connection with others, and so I think that the um, early on for me was, you know, I remember, it's funny, I remember my mom at the earliest age telling me to always pray for souls who died. And I just you know my mom instilled in me to be prayerful to talk to creator to help those on the other side and from the earliest age I can remember I've always done that so I may not have understood it was very confusing for me as a youth, um, and you know not having the ability to. um, you know, I think when somebody we, we've got people now who have groups for kids who are psychic, we've got teachers who come out and help kids who are psychic now, instead of shunning them for their gift, because of whatever, uh, you know, point of view, and it's definitely got a stigma attached to it. So I think that um, as we as we grow as as human beings and understand each other, I think that stigma will come come off, but also wanting to make sure that um, we protect our kids spiritually, you know, and I had that protection spiritually. I think that was a big part of how I was able to come into my gifts years later.
2: Wow.
1: With all of that said, Cass, I am very curious about one thing. It seems to me, and if I have, if I'm exaggerating, tell me, please. It seems to me that you have Interaction or communication with people, perhaps younger people, who were taken from us too soon and by criminal means. We're talking about a homicide in this case or that case. Have you had the spirits, the souls of those who were murdered come to you in a way that you know better than any of us, how you experience it, and say, I need you to help them, the authorities, the people still in the living to find my body. Is that how it works for you? Would you classify yourself as a psychic detective, for example?
3: Well, um, this last Halloween, um, my youngest daughter decided that she wanted to watch a scary, we don't watch scary movies, but she said, Mom, I'm ready. I want to watch a scary movie. And I said, all right, honey, I got the perfect one. We're going to watch The Sixth Sense. And she'd never seen it. And she's 26 years old. And um, we watched the movie at the end. She said, my God, that's a normal mom. That wasn't scary. That was how our life is. And she's, you know, my kids are intuitive too. So if you watch that movie, there's just a a little boy and the spirits come to him and he sees things. And it, it was until he learned to help them that his gift became not a difficulty but a blessing and that is exactly what I, i have experienced is that if i don't ignore those spirits and yes they do come to me um, I remember vividly being 13 and having dreams about a murder. I, I started dreaming about someone when I was 19 uh, about a murder. And it wasn't until my 30s that I discovered who that person was. Um, but of course, I didn't really have the like, you know, at that early age, the the awareness to say, oh, this is, you know, you kind of just crazy, You put it off but I actually met somebody in massage school who knew the girl who'd been murdered. I had enough details about her that she made sense of it. And it was somebody, this woman I met in massage school became my dear friend um, knew the person who was murdered. That was kind of right around the same time. My gifts started awakening and I kept getting the um, confirmations that, you know, literally it's like, Oh, wow. You can't, you tell, you tell yourself this is crazy stuff. Um But I started getting confirmations, these people who were coming to me and I I had enough um, information about that case that, um, it just, I went, wow, that was real. I've been dreaming about this girl since I was 19. And a lot of times Gary and Suzanne, it comes in my dreams. So before I have a missing persons case, often even before the call comes in, I'll have a dream about them. Um, I may not recognize them. I just see like a vision or I see a situation. Sometimes I'll see the murderer or where they're located. And then I'll have, um, i'll have a confirmation and to me that's kind of how i know i'm supposed to help out it's kind of like i'm seeing this creators already called me so you know when i'm called to help on something it's um there's for me there needs to be a, a few pieces uh, in place and then i know that i'm i'm good to help out so yes those spirits do come to me um i do a lot of house clearing and tell them to wait outside you know because i don't want it to be too busy in my house <laughs> but yeah yeah. they do
1: i have known a very psychic lady she was incredibly accurate in talking about the circumstances of my life lived in seattle where she had never visited and she, she could be so specific and so helpful to me in the process she told me one time that if she will go to a funeral home And maybe it's the funeral of a child. She will be there just exuding compassion because that's who she is. And she would tell me they want to come home with me. Yes. And she had to say, no, this, you have a place on the other side. You need to cross over your loved ones are there. They're waiting for you. So follow the light or however she communicated that sentiment and was giving direction to these children because you can't come home with me where I live. And you have to find, I guess, a nice way to say that you're not wanting to be rejecting
3: Oh, one of my favorite, favorite, uh, house clearings was of a federal agent. And, uh, when I got to his house, it was incredibly haunted, but he was also, um, at the time we didn't know that his house was located very near to a sanitarium where a lady had been crazy and, uh, killed a hundred, I don't know maybe a hundred people, a lot of people. And it was kind of a famous case. And he didn't know the house he was on, the land he was on was real close. So when I started clearing that house, um, literally things started moving. And, um, you know, he was like, should I pull a gun? And I said, no, (laughs) don't, you know, it's like his spirits, but it kind of brings me comedy to think about it. It's very scary for the person having a haunted house, but he was such a safe person that all the souls in the neighborhood, you know, who hadn't crossed over were at a house. So, you know, just teaching him how to cross the souls to heaven and not bring them home. And, you know, he was, you know, picking himself. um, uh, He was very spiritual and he didn't realize that those two things were adding up to a whole lot of souls, not just on the land he was at coming to him for healing, but all the souls he was dealing with coming to him for healing. So that, that was an ongoing healing for a while. And, and, Uh, he and his wife now cross souls to heaven (laughs) quite a bit they're real good at it and it's kind of like I I think of it as my job too if I wasn't uh, helping them cross over it would be it would be quite a quite an unsettling experience for me so I have um, you know I have a big candle at the front of my house and I just kind of tell the creator to send all the souls off to heaven right out the front door there's a portal and Definitely. It's a constant ongoing thing when you help, help spirits. Yes.
1: And so that leads me to the hour's big question. Are there cases of missing persons of those presumed to have met with foul play that you are working on now?
3: Well, um, yes. um, Yes. And also uh, I recently worked on, I was asked to, help out from a client who had a family member who worked for search and rescue. I got a phone call for, um, I got a phone call and I had been having some really strange uh, waking dreams and visions. I didn't make sense of till I got the call. And they asked me um, if I would please see what I, what I could. And it was the case of the most recent missing Seattle fire chief. And it's just a real sad experience, but you know what's funny is he showed up here in the house this morning, he's been found, Um, he has passed on and he crossed over. I saw him crossing over the night before he was found. And I knew when he was crossing, he'd be found right away. And I think that he was just in such a terrible state. He didn't want his family to find him until he was in the light. So he's here, his name's Jay, and he's just wonderful. And I just know that, you know, he was working with like I can't tell you 100 search and rescue, maybe 200 search and rescue people out there working to find him. And I feel like at some point, you know, he actually they they've they've discovered he, you know, fell down the mountain. Um I actually had a dream about a bear Um, he told me that there was something that caused him to lose his footing. I think he saw a bear actually, and he was out elk hunting when he went missing. So he has been like real active with, um, his people, um, his search and rescue fire and police just really shining a light on them. All the hard work they've done. If you could imagine what an amazing team has come out to locate him. They were out there for days and nights in the worst weather. And so, you know, he, to, to just quantify the amazing soul that this man is and the amount of love and light he shed on his people to come and just, you know, grant them so much peace. I know they're feeling his love and I just hope they know how appreciative he is of all of their help. It was like he was the chief even on the other side. That's all I can describe. So yeah, he's here. I can feel his presence here this morning. I'm currently working on the, um, I've been working on the William Tyrell case in Australia. It's quite a famous case. William came to me last night and he showed me that he just was really wanting to connect to motherly individuals. And I am a mom and William went missing at the age of three. And so he hit, he went missing in 2014 and his case is one of the biggest cases in Australia. This is like in, Was- in Washington, when we get a missing person case, you know, I think they get a short amount of time to do a search and rescue. And then it goes into a, you know, at some point it falls into a cold case. Well, over there in Australia, I don't know what's going on, but this is like top notch. Number one, they won't stop till they find this little boy. And I think it's amazing to be a part of that. I was contacted by a man who is a former uh, forensic crime analyst, and actually um, he he kind of put me on the payroll a bit uh, to, to locate this boy, and it's been really fascinating. So this was over a year ago when I said he's going to have something around December of 2021, and about a month ago, they discovered the mother and father that were foster parents of this little boy were actually um convicted or uh uh, they they have some sort of assault on a current foster child so they have reactivated the case looking into the the foster mother who by the way for some reason has been under complete protective status so we don't know much about her by australia and so some people are they put them in a protective status so you don't know their name or information Um, But the very first time I ever was introduced to William, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about the case. I had no research, no information. I was kind of asked to look at it. And I decided to just right there on the first time, uh, just do a little channeling. And I saw the name of the person who is also one of the main suspects. And his name is Frank Abbott. He is currently in jail right now. He lived at the time, 12 kilometers away from William, and he is a known pedophile. He is currently in prison over the assault of three children, sexual assault. And he also, and this was recent, very recent knowledge. While we were on the case, now, Steve and Steve was a guy I was working with. He'd be out on the actual field looking with his very, very psychic girlfriend. And I would be on the phone, you know, or, or on WhatsApp or whatever video. And, uh, through that, we were able to get a lot of, um, information because he was willing to go down beyond site. And that helped me a lot. I work on coordinates. And so I was able to uh, get coordinates. And so we were, um, so long story short, while he was out, I said, there's another three-year-old boy out here. There's another three-year-old boy. Now we recently discovered that Frank Abbott had a three-year-old boy that has been, uh, uh, all we know because it's a sealed case is that he had a three-year-old boy that died. So Frank Abbott himself has a mystery. We don't know why. I don't know why Australia has sealed it. I can only imagine they have their reasons and I respect that. But there is another three-year-old boy, Frank himself had a little three-year-old boy. So this got real confusing. He's real known to be a bad guy. And there was a second um, person in Australia who was also a known uh, pedophile of children who at the same time, there was a lot of who is it, who is it, you know, where is it? So there's secrecy and, and you know, just... My first uh, vision of uh, William was that he was happy playing in heaven. All these people, the whole, basically the whole Australia praying for this boy, you know, helped him to cross over and everybody looking for him, held the light for him. I think he's going to be, you know, a soldier in heaven for children for a long time to come. So yes, he comes to me. I do feel they're going to have a breakthrough in this case. Um, I do feel it's coming very swiftly. I'd be surprised if they don't find him very soon. Um, but I think they're going to start looking back at Frank Abbott. That's my gut instinct. And there was another, um, there was another um, thing that came out very recently. So when, you know, all this, all these like old secrets that they've been hiding starting to come out about this case, there was a neighbor who actually lived. So Frank Caravan lived, Frank Abbott lived in a caravan. He right behind where he lived, there was a woman, and apparently, and this was kind of on the hush hush, I don't know why, but she heard the scream of a little boy and um so it was you know back out in the woods, and that is pretty close to the coordinates where I feel we're gonna find william and that's how um I was able to locate also a jay. Um, you know, they located him after I sent the coordinates, but my coordinates were within a half a football field away from where Jay was located. So each time I work on a case, I, I try to learn and improve. And so I'm looking at my coordinates now on where I saw William and trying to get to see if maybe I can locate, you know, even closer, just learning, educating how my gift actually works. It's not perfect. It's something and I'm learning as I go. And there's obviously no rule book for it. So um, just trying to locate that little boy and bring him home, bring peace, not just to the police officers the investigators, but to that whole country who's been really, it's its a big, big case. It's a big deal. And we want to see that little boy um, found and and brought, everyone brought to peace. So
1: thank you for sharing that. Cass. That's amazing. God bless you and your efforts. Amazing. Oh. And Cass graciously has offered to deliver messages to those of you who call in. You are welcome to do so per the instructions of Suzanne Mitchell, as follows.
2: From anywhere, call 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. If you're in Western Washington, you can call one 888 298-5569. We'll go ahead and take our break right now and um, Nathan will put people in queue to talk to Kassoff after the break. So thank you for listening to Manson Mitchell on Alternative Talk am
0: 11:50. Hi everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detail in each magazine with all your itinerary we could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy just go to MansonMichell.com for the latest info on topics and guests
2: on Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome Pam Osley, author of Infinite You, for a discussion about the unseen world and our personal vibrations that result in the colors of our auric fields. On Saturday, Jake Cooper
1: is back to impart more lessons drawn from higher consciousness to enhance practical living. His near-death experience as a child was a life changer.
2: Bringing you mastery and
1: mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150.
2: Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Cass Huff. Uh, She has written a book. She has a website. We're going to give out all that information before the end of the hour. Our phone lines are full, and we wanted to immediately start taking some calls to see if Cass can find something for you. Nathan, the first call that we'll take is Cynthia. Cynthia, say hello to Cass Hoff.
4: Hi, Cass. Hi, Manson Mitchell. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Hello, Cynthia. Good morning to you, my dear. So I wanted to see if the spirits or had any connection about what type of job I should look for, if I should actually try to do my own work, either in real estate. You or
3: know, that's region. that's interesting. I did a feng shui on you right away, and I saw career as a main focus. You definitely have several options open. Similar to me, I wonder if you have family you're supposed to be reconnecting to mostly right now, and putting kind of that first. Um, I do definitely see real estate as an avenue, but not the highest avenue. So, um, there's also a male spirit around you because I hear your soul saying, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I don't know if he's living or deceased. Is there a man who's recently, uh, not close by that you'd like to be? Um, a man close.
4: Well, my husband passed. He's, I know he's around. there. It
3: is. He's real close to me. I yeah. felt like yeah. almost like your husband ran away, honey. Um, yeah. He's now right I there. Yeah, He's right there with you. I felt your soul more than I felt your, your, sp- you know, your spirit more than your soul coming in. Like, where is he? Um, you know, he's never far away. I want to say four feet. It, 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 and there's some unfinished business between the two of you, but I want I want you to realize that he is your greatest advocate And he's going to be right with you. Um, There's just something you have to forgive yourself for. And also you are going to do real well. I see wealth. I absolutely see wealth. Um, You know, um, and and it feels like you might have felt like you lost some of that wealth a bit but you're coming into maybe your mother's side of wealth remember wealth is what you're inherited not what you've earned okay so i want you to look at where wealth comes in on mother's side did they have real estate is that where that's at um
4: that was more on my father's side
3: um okay okay this is going to be a big deal this um connection to real estate and the wealth okay um i wonder if it's your father's mother then but it's a female who holds the wealth that you're being passed down to in the real estate area. Okay. Um, okay. I, I also get, you don't have to look too hard right now because if you kind of overwhelm yourself, you'll just stress yourself out. But I see you working in or a new job in January.
4: In January. Okay.
3: Yes, I do. I see two offers before then, but what's this about family? Are you supposed to turn around and help your family right now? Is there some need for that?
4: No, it seems my siblings are okay okay Um, uh i mean as far as i know i mean i do keep in touch with them i think they worry about me more okay Uh, my, my parents are all passed over everybody's on the other side so it's just my siblings
3: all right this is someone close to you not too far away um just pay attention to any family that's um that that you might be um that just needs your help right now i do feel You're really on point with creator. I feel you're doing what you're meant to do.
4: Okay. That helps because I've really been clearing energy to do exactly what the spirits want me to do for the highest good.
3: And I do not sure why, Cynthia, I do see a medical field symbol. Is this something in the past?
4: Uh, yeah, I did work as a pharmacy tech. And now I'm going to work as a sleep equipment specialist. I
3: was going to say, I don't see you going cr- kind of right back to that, but I do see the medical field energy still very valuable to your soul. Huh. Now you say you're going to work with sleep equipment. Yeah. I'm going to, um, yeah. Sleep people, apnea. Yeah. I'm going to measure. Oh, oh, girl. You know, in all the years of doing house clearings, people who had those sleep apnea machines always were very haunted. So maybe mm-hmm. learning how to send those souls across when you're working with them.
4: Yeah, I've been a little worried that I'm going to pull too much of their energy. I, well, I'm get
3: a- your black obsidian on, get your amethyst on, and know you're going on purpose. Okay. Yeah, okay. there's there's nothing you can't go through if you've got creator, you know, on your side. So. You know, if you always have, I say, God goes before me. So put creator before you. Um, And yes, when you get people who are really, really overwhelmed and afraid, I want you to realize those people are lonely or scared. Mm -hmm. Maybe they haven't let go of a loved one as human beings. Sometimes we, you know, that said the last state before enlightenment is forgiveness and letting go. Those are two things that are so hard and your experience with your husband, and and him being so close to you, and him being um, in the light with you, you realize you're going to help people, you're going to help people.
4: Yep, yeah, I I feel called to that. I feel called to be a doula.
3: Now, I don't know if you're going to work directly with Mother Mary, or different uh, feminine divinity, but I see a very feminine uh, goddess energy with you also just so you know okay yeah I, there's I'm there's praying the rosary, the, so that's- there you go i felt that i was picking up that mother mary but i also want to throw in there the goddess durga from uh, india boy she's a a real good one to to battle off those uh, low vibrational spirits if you're called to work with her also and then i see this mother mary with you so you have the spiritual protection just okay. be aware of it And then when somebody is not in, uh, in a good space, I want you to remember uh, something taught to me a long time ago, the lowest vibration wins. Okay. So you've got to learn to, to just realize sometimes you might be in a space with a low vibration. Okay. But you can go into that if creators with you and you can clear that. So, I, I mean, you know, all all energies can clear and you've got all the tools from what I can tell.
4: Okay,
2: thank you. Cynthia, thank you, thank
3: you for calling that in. was a good we call. appreciate it. Thank
4: you, Cynthia.
2: Very
3: good. Very
2: good lead off.
1: Love that goddess energy.
2: Yeah. Our next caller is Ken. Ken, say hello to Cass Hoff. Oh,
0: yes. Hello.
3: Hi, Ken. Good morning.
0: Good morning. How are you doing today?
3: I'm good. I'm good. You know, right away, I felt the word mother, and I'm also wondering if there's a father-in-law with you on the other side. I just get a father that's not your father or um, a separate from your own father energy. Have you lost someone close to you like that?
0: Uh, Yes, I have.
3: Okay. I feel like they, they just like were super sad they couldn't be at the Thanksgiving table this year, and I'm not sure what that's about. I don't know if there's been a family issue or if he's recently passed, but I just feel like he would have been there if he could have been. Oh, yes. Yes. So my dear, how can I help you today? Um, I was
0: just kind of seeing, I guess, what spirits or, or what messages you have or whatever have had some transitions in my life and uh, just just kind of seeing what maybe uh you can enlighten me with or or help
3: well Ken when I did your feng shui and I do feng shui on actually people not places um I see your main area is there's a wide open door on the house um so I don't necessarily see a move for you but I see definitely things moving um your love life feels okay um but your health corner is wide open. So what I want to say is really focus on your health and don't let um, things get away from you. Really pay attention to your health. Some moment has there been some reason you you are frustrated with your house? I don't know if it's a you want to sell you can't sell or is there a battle over this house? Is there something weird about the house?
0: Oh uh, yes, yes we have a uh, another house that's. Uh kind of in the middle of an abandoned remodel and I I need to get rid of it. And so I'm confused about the state and how I should go about it and how it should be presented and, and the timing.
3: Well, you know, my dear, I was picking up a, a haunted house energy, but I don't think this is a true haunted house. I think this is just fear and energy, low vibrations coming in um, definitely, um, sell this house. And what I'm hearing is just as, as best you can get, get your motivation, get your team, get your willpower in check, go to this house. And you know how, like, um, you, you need to claim it. I almost want to say, get an old railroad tie and place a stake in that property and say, this house is going to do well. It's going to sell, maybe plant some flowers, do something that indicates, you know, to the power of creator, the divine inheritance with me is going to stay and it's going to grow and it's going to be a blessing. So, um, I actually feel two new houses coming to you once you're on the other end of this is one of this, a daughter. Do you have a daughter? I see a female getting a house.
0: Uh, no, we were a childless couple.
3: Childless. I see a young woman get a house. So um, I don't know if you're going to help her or how she comes in, but she shows up as a daughter like person. And I actually oh, okay. see you with two new houses.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
3: Are, are you thinking of building more or do you have a plan for more now? Um,
0: Yes. I'm, I, I'm not sure what the future beholds, but yes. Uh, uh, ironically, I was thinking about maybe uh, doing something down in Florida or something like okay. that. So.
3: Be careful because I see a cemetery near one of these houses. Is that something oh. you know about now?
0: Uh, no, I do not
3: something about a cemetery being too close to a house okay and i want to say it's just like up a hill it's like Mm -hmm. right up a hill and i actually see the word boy as i focus on i get an m coming in i want to say the cemetery is going to start with an m name Okay. You're going to find out what this is, and I'm hearing you, you're going to realize why you have so much trouble. Can you get a shaman or a priest or a pastor come over to that uh, house that's abandoned and bless it?
0: Uh, sure, I've never done that or uh, investigated that, but I'm sure I could make that well,
3: happen. Well, you know, um, it never hurts to cover all bases.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs> it just never hurts. Okay. Yeah yeah um you're gonna do much better in the spring of 22. you're gonna come to terms with everything you need to do
0: okay i i kind of believe that yes
3: and there's something about a buyback loan and i don't even know what that means it's just a word i'm seeing okay okay Okay,
0: I'll i'll have to put that to memory i'm not sure exactly what it could mean either
3: now this is stressing you out terribly because i feel so much stress on the right shoulder right underneath okay. the neck and possibly i don't know if behind the right shoulder is something that's going on there
0: mm, okay
3: but more more um caution get your massage in oh okay and now did this second house have anything to do no i'm hearing a no But it's interesting. I feel this father-in-law is here, and he's showing me that there's a forbearance energy. Just a moment. Mm. Forbearance. Now, I would say there might be a woman who can't let go around him. A lot of pain. And a Um, need to understand that um, it was beyond his control. Yes.
0: Yes, I, I would believe that. My, my father-in-law helped participate in building the house with me and other family members. So I could see his spirit and stuff being there.
3: Okay, now we're on to something because I want you to write this down, okay? Okay. The five stages of grief. Ken, I'm going to ask you to do a grief prayer with me. Would you place your hand over your heart? Okay. And repeat after me. My grief. My grief. Is the amount of my love.
0: Is the amount of my love.
3: There it is, honey. Tell him out loud. Come on. Let's get that house fixed together. (laughs) You know, invite him into your team from heaven uh, to help you. And I want to, I want you to do this once a day. Can you feel the releasement of that pain about him not being yes. there? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, um, so just as a um, shamanic practitioner, I've worked with people, and, you know, grief is a massive energy. If you look at Eckhart Tolle and his teachings on the pain body, this is a real thing and it manifests, it manifests in all kinds of ways. Okay. So I think it's just not time yet. I don't know how long it's been for him, but it just feels almost like it hasn't come full circle, this healing yet. And you're going to just see this huge rainbow bridge around you that starts. You may even see it. I'm hearing that's going to come in and he's indicating to me, he's going to bring you such a blessing. You might want a big piece of land. He's saying just a straight out piece of land
0: with your next
3: purchase
0: huh? Okay.
3: okay. Now he's showing me an eight. I don't know if it's 80,000. I don't know if it's 800,000 or 8 million. I don't know, but I see an eight with that. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and he just says, don't build too much. Don't do too much. And you know, you might be feeling you're on your own about this. He wants, you to know, you're not alone.
1: Okay. That's beautiful. Yeah, Tass, we, uh, if you have one last question, can we have a couple of other callers?
3: Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Um,
0: My father-in-law, his daughter, which AKA was my wife, is also unfortunately has passed on. So I'm just curious. Oh, there's
3: the daughter. There's the daughter that I saw giving you a house. She's going to be in the house with you. Okay. You're going to, oh honey. Oh, you've got so much love around you. Um, But she indicates to me that you're going through a time where you just feel, um, you know, so grief creates like a cloud. And what I just see is she's, she's bringing you things that are like angel wings. Watch out. Cause you're going to see wings. You're going to see like wings on billboards. You're going to see wings everywhere and you okay. might see birds, but she wants you to look up in the sky. So it's going to be in the sky. It's going to be on billboards. It's going to be up. She's bringing you wings.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: Now, Now, sometimes I sing karaoke and I always sing this Bobby McGee song, but I keep getting this word Bobby McGee. Is there a Bobby around them? They'll bring Uh, it to me in (laughs) symbols. They're very comical. They're talking to me about music before they told me the name. Okay. Sometimes they'll bring it in any way I can get it. They just want you to pay attention to Bob. That's what that was. Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. Okay all right anyway all right. i don't want to
0: take too much of your time i know other people want to get in so uh, oh, Ken, you, for your you needed
3: every second you are so loved bless you
1: all right thank you thank you for the call ken
3: wow
2: we're um we're just down to very few minutes and we have a couple of callers cast how would you like to handle it would you one like at to a time do- <laughs> yeah, it's
1: not a group right
2: if we if we are going to get both callers in, they'll each be getting about a minute and a half we'll see what we minutes. can do all right the next caller is joan joan say hello to cass Hoff.
3: oh hi cass hello good morning joan are you a teacher my uh, goodness you have a teacher voice i do no <laughs> i don't think
4: so but Very I, good. I, also, teacher, I won't keep Bruce. you long, so maybe you can get the other caller in, but I'm just wondering if you can connect with any of the people that have passed in my life.
3: You know, right away, I get a V name like a Vera or something with a V coming hmm. in. Just a moment. Oh, can't think of that right away, but that's okay. Anybody else? I'm going to have you write it down on the question mark because sometimes right. the deceased talk about the living through me. Um, I actually get both mom and dad. Yeah, they uh, both passed. Yeah, both mom and dad. I feel like dad's sitting around uh, right with you now. I don't know why, but I got a vision of horses, and I don't think they're yours. Might be close by, so they're not horses. Dad is showing me, <sighs> boy. Where is this fence? Fence. There's a big fence. A big problem with the fence. Is there's an issue with the fence? A fence. Um,
4: there was last year, but nothing recently.
3: Oh. Okay. This makes sense. Cause dad's a bit more physical. He's what I call one foot here, one foot in heaven, uh-huh. getting things done, making sure things happen. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like he just wants you to stay protected and just pay attention to your property okay. right now. Cause I feel, I'm not sure where you are, but I feel like whatever happened with that fence, it's not going to happen again, but it's, it seems like he's just wanting you to pay attention. Oh, around the around the same issue. I think I might know what that is. Yeah. Yes. He's very proud of you. Oh, thank you for calling in, Joan. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Joan. And the part about the fence indicates what we call the evidential. This is something that Joan went through. She was aware of it. And by calling it to her attention, you're pointing beyond to the person offering that information.
2: All right. In the last one minute, we have Jackie calling. Jackie, you are one patient soul. Say hello to Cass Hoff.
3: Hi, Cass. Uh, How are you? Hi, Jackie. Wonderful to meet you this morning. How can I help you today? Um, I um,
4: recently retired and moved and uh, find myself uh, helping care for an elderly relative um, who probably... I don't know. But I I guess my question is, is I feel like, uh, is there anybody on the other side that's going to give me the help to?
3: Oh, honey, you know, right away, I got what an amazing spiritual conduit you are. Have you actually been with people when they passed before? This is a gift Um, for you.
4: Not with animals, but never with a person. Okay. I have this strong feeling I'm going to be the one.
3: Yes, you are. I'm sorry to say it right away. I got you are, you have tons of support. I see an elderly woman. Um, uh, this is someone I, for some reason. I feel like in and out of a wheelchair. I'm just seeing this, but you, you have the gift. You have the gift. Um, you know, when my mom passed, I, it was another shaman who told me, hold my mom's hand and be right there and just open the portal for heaven. And you know, I did that, Jackie. It was the greatest gift I ever had, being right there with her when she did that. I'm just going to suggest you just be brave and and be right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, let me take a look here.
1: Uh, we're gonna have your to look brothers, you, I, I am sorry, brothers. and I hate when this happens. We're just That's simply okay. running out of time, Cass. Jackie, bless you. Let's see if you two can't get connected. What's your website, Cass?
3: Casshuff.com. W- w- www.casshuff.com. Yeah. W- H U F F.
1: You're easier, easy to find. We gotta run. So thank you so much, Cass thank Huff. You, everybody. Bless you, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving. Happy weekend.
3: holidays.